0: Welcome to Westport Road Baptist Church. We're so glad you've decided to join us for today's message. Westport Road Baptist Church is located at the corner of Hurstbourne Lane and Westport Road in Louisville, Kentucky. If you have a Bible, please have it handy and prepare your heart and mind as our pastor, Chip Pendleton, brings us the Word of God.
1: Good morning, great to see you this morning. Welcome everyone that's watching online as well. Uh, Well, today was ugly Christmas sweater day. That was our theme last year. I forgot to announce it last week because of everything going on, but I put it on social media. So now we'll see how social media savvy you are. Who's wearing their ugly Christmas sweater today? All right, very good, very good. Some of you are unintentionally wearing your ugly Christmas sweater as well, but we appreciate you nonetheless uh, as that is. So uh, glad we can carry that theme on. It was backed by popular demand because uh, all uh, during December, everybody was saying, We bought these sweaters last year, are we going to get to wear them again? So we said, Okay, we're going to do that. Well this year's theme has been the songs of Christmas and we've been looking at different songs and how they play out in the scripture themselves and this morning we're going to talk about a song called What Child Is This? What Child Is This? The know What Child Is This? was written by a man by the name of William Chesterton Dix. Got a picture of him right there uh, uh, coming up, uh, quite a distinguished man there, a little... Little bow in the bottom of his head there. Not sure what was going on there uh, with his haircut. Uh, but he was a very successful young man from an early age. Uh, he wasn't, had nothing to do with the church. He was a businessman. Got into the insurance business uh, and at an early age became the manager of the entire branch of the Glasgow Maritime Insurance Company. And they would do uh, big ships and things like that that were sailing around the world. He was making a lot of money. He was very successful. When he got seriously ill, the problem was the doctors had no idea what was wrong with him. Uh, They they could not figure out what was going on. He just kept getting sicker and sicker. They told him they didn't know if he was going to survive. It went on for days, weeks, months, and he didn't get any relief at all. Uh, He went into a very severe depression uh, during this time with the illness, as you can well imagine, not even knowing what you were fighting and just getting worse and worse every day. It was during this time that he began to read the Scripture uh, over and over, and he began to take notes on what he was reading in Scripture, and then he would go back, read his notes, and he would write poems from those notes. And uh, when he eventually did get better, uh, he went on, and one of the poems that he wrote uh, was what we call, What Child uh, Is This? What we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at three different passages of Scripture, and those three passages of Scripture, someone in those Scriptures have to answer the question, What Child Is This? And we're going to be looking at that and talking about how they were different questions each of them asked with their questions that all of us have to ask ourselves today. We're going to start over in Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. Matthew chapter 1 verse 18. The first thing we see is this. This child intervenes when we think we have everything figured out. When you think you have life figured out, when you think you have God figured out and God put in a box, that's when this child intervenes. Look at Matthew 1 verse 18. And she will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And so you have this unusual passage of scripture here talking about when Joseph found out uh, about the birth of Jesus. Now for Mary there was no doubt. Uh, The angel Gabriel appears to Mary, tells her that she's going to uh, have a child through the Holy Spirit. She knows what's going on. She's seen the angel. She knows what's going on inside her own body. But for Joseph, it was an entirely different situation. Now, Mary and Joseph were something called betrothed, and that's a little bit different than being engaged today. It was actually a legal thing had taken place. The dowry had been paid, and therefore you were legally married. Ceremony hadn't happened, you weren't living together, but you were considered legally married uh, at this particular day and age. And then suddenly, Mary shows up pregnant. Now, if you're Joseph and you're trying to figure this out, I'm engaged to someone and they show up pregnant. I know I've never been with them. What's the first thing your mind goes to? Obviously, this child is from the Holy Spirit and she's still a virgin. <laughs> is that the first thing that your mind would have gone to? Probably not. Well, what if Mary even explained it to you? Well, an angel appeared and, and uh, said that the child was from God and, and uh, you know, I've never been with anybody. If you're Joseph that's still kind of hard to believe as a matter of fact it's really interesting but just recently archaeologists discovered a picture of joseph when he was being explained what had happened to him it's really interesting got a picture right here if you want to see it of what joseph <laughs> when when he was there i think he was just a little bit dubious uh, as to what might have been happening uh, at that particular time and so here's joseph we're told he's a good guy and he wants to do the right thing. And so he doesn't want to hurt Mary. He doesn't want to embarrass Mary. He just wants to have a quick divorce because they are legally married and just get the whole thing over with. Now, this is actually pretty good because for most of us, what we would have wanted was we'd wanted to hurt the other person. Uh, they've hurt us, we want to hurt them back. But Joseph, we're told, was a good guy and he just wants to do the right thing. He's trying to do what's right. He's got it all figured out. He's trying to do the godly thing. And yet it wasn't God's will, and it wasn't what God had planned. And here's the problem that we have with Joseph here in this situation. Sometimes God is bigger than the box we put him in. Joseph was trying to do everything right. Nine out of ten times what he was doing would have been good and proper and right, but it wasn't God's will. Indeed, Mary was with child from the Holy Spirit this was going to be the Messiah the Son of God and that's what the angel tells Joseph it's interesting in our passage the angel tells Joseph not to be afraid now normally when an angel tells somebody not to be afraid and that tends to be the first thing they always say it's because the person is terrified at the appearance of the angel but that's not what's going on here with Joseph Joseph is told not to be afraid because he's being pushed outside of his box and it's uncomfortable I know what you're being told here seems unreal. I know what you're being told here is that Mary is with a child, and it really is from God, and she's never been with a man. And I know that kind of strains uh, uh, you know, all thought here at this particular time, but look at God as being bigger than what you've made him into be. And that's the challenge that we still have today. When it comes to God is seeing God as bigger than the little box we put him in. Because we built our little world and it works real well. and We've got God in the little God box here, but God doesn't stay in a God box. He's so much greater and so much bigger than we could ever imagine. And so when you try to put God in that little box and hold him in there, he's not going to fit very well. As a matter of fact, think about anything in the Bible that we think of as a great story. None of it would have been what you would have decided to do if you sat down and just tried to figure out the best thing to do in that situation. Gee, it's a beautiful, sunshiny day, and it's never rained in all of human history. I think I'll build an ark just in case a big flood comes along. Probably not what you would have come up with on that day. What if you were Moses? Hey, the children of Israel are free. Take them to the Red Sea where you're going to be trapped by Pharaoh's army, and there's no way to get out. Probably not the best plan you could have come up with. If you're Joshua and you've won a couple of big battles and you get to Jericho and God says, the way you're going to defeat Jericho, Joshua, your battle plan, march around the city seven times. Would that have been the battle plan you would have come up with doing that? Or how about Jesus coming? And Jesus is going to be the son of God and the Messiah and he's gonna rule in power and glory. And you know that and you've seen the miracles as a disciple. And then he dies on the cross. You see, God seldom works the way we think he's going to. It seldom happens in the way we've got it figured out because God's not in our box. And so for Joseph, he's being told, open the box, let God out, let him be God. And that's the, the challenge for each of us today is to, is to take God out of that box and let God be who he really is. And it's going to have quite an effect upon our life when he does. We had an interesting story this week about a, uh, some passengers on a flight from Orlando to Knoxville on December the 4th. They had life all figured out. They were getting on the plane in Orlando. They were flying two hours to Knoxville, and they were going to go about their business. When suddenly the flight was canceled. But it wasn't just canceled. There wasn't another flight from Orlando to Knoxville on any airline for the next 48 hours. Now, a lot of people were upset, they were angry, they didn't like it, all that. But for 13 of the people, they were really upset because they had something they had to be to the very next morning. One young lady was being interviewed for a full scholarship at the University of Tennessee, and it was the last day before they were gone on spring break, or winter break. And so she thought, I'm going to miss that meeting. Another one was starting his first day uh, with with a new corporation in Knoxville, and he was going to miss his very first day at work, maybe the first two days. And they were all panicked until somebody said, hey, remember that movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Let's do something like that. So they rented a 15-passenger van. The 13 of them got on it. Here's a a picture of the 13 getting on the van there. All different kinds of people, every age, anything you can think of, everybody completely different. For the next uh, all night long, they drove together. They became close friends. Here's when they arrive in Knoxville, Tennessee. They're happy. They're excited. They thought out of the box something really neat happened. But more than that, these 13 people became friends in an unexpected way overnight, and now all 13 of them are going together for Christmas for a party together. Something unexpected that you wouldn't have think was going to happen. In the same way, God says, that's what I want to do in your life. If you just get out of your box, I want to do things in your life you've never thought of, you've never imagined, you wouldn't dare do things that make you a little afraid. It's okay. I'm God, trust me. The second story that we see in our scripture passage is is right over in chapter two of Matthew. Just turn over the next page here, Matthew chapter two. And it has to do with who we commonly call the wise men. And what it says is this child intervenes when we're searching for the answers. So on the first one, Joseph thought he had it all figured out, but then he had to answer the question, what child is this really? And it came up to a different answer. For the Magi now, they're gonna be forced to answer the question, what child is this look at chapter 2 verse 1 now after jesus was born in bethlehem in judea during the time of king herod magi from the east came to jerusalem and asked where's the one who has been born king of the jews we saw a star when it rose and we've come to worship him now the magi the wise men were basically astrologers astronomers uh they they uh they studied the skies and the stars and they thought they could tell what was going on in the world by studying the stars it's basically a, a religion they probably came from the area we call a rock today in one of those big ziggurats those big pyramids they were actually built to study the stars and suddenly as they're studying the stars a star appears that's never been in the sky before and they check out of their charts and they check everything that's going on in the past where'd this star come from does not make any sense and not only that, it's brighter than all the other stars in the sky. Not only that, the star's moving. That's even weirder. So they take it to mean a great king has been born, and we're going to follow this star and see what that king is. So they're asking the question right now, what child is this? What, what kind of a journey we're on? This journey probably takes them at a minimum of a year uh, to get there because Herod kills all the babies two years old and younger. So they're gone for quite a bit of time searching for who this child is, trying to find the answer. And there's a lot of us that are doing the same thing. We're on a search as to what brings meaning in life. And we're trying to find meaning in life right now. And we do it in a lot of different ways. Sometimes we do it through religion. We think, well, you know, uh, if I do it in, through, uh, through God or religion, and so generally whatever religion our family was, that's what we try, and that's what we're trying to do to find what's really going to make a difference in our life. Sometimes we do it through other things. Sometimes we try to find meaning in life uh, through things that, that uh, don't really have a center to it at all, so from a teacher or a friend or society or wise men. We try to find meaning in life through causes or works. And so uh, maybe our religion becomes environmentalism or science or even politics. And uh, we make that the core of everything. But then those things seldom hold up. And so our religion was politics and then uh, our political party loses uh, an election and suddenly we're depressed. Or our religion was some wise man that we, we put everything in and then the wise man is seen to be fallible not infallible. And we say, you know, what's going on here? And we're forced to come back to what child is this? In our scripture, the Magi are led to uh, where Jesus is, and let's see what happens uh, with them. Turn over to uh, verse 10. It says, When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with the mother Mary. They bowed down and they worshiped him. They opened their treasures and presented him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned uh, in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. So the star takes them to where Jesus is. Now, I hate to ruin your Christmas, but when they get there, Jesus is in a house. He's not in the manger any longer. So everybody's nativity scene is wrong. Go home, throw those wise men out right now. No, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. You, you can keep the wise men there. Just put them on another shelf somewhere next to a house. Okay? No, you can leave your wise men there. They, they make your nativity scene look nice or whatever. But they get there, and they're overjoyed. Their search has led them to Jesus. If you're looking for meaning and purpose in life, the search is always going to end up with Jesus if you're open and really searching in the right way. And that's exactly what happened with the Magi. I've told you the story of Lee Strobel before. Here's a picture of Lee and his wife when they were first married. Uh, Lee was an award-winning journalist with the Chicago Tribune. Uh, he was doing very well. He was, he, was an, he was an atheist when suddenly his wife told him one day, hey, I've been going through a Bible study group with some people at work, and uh, I'm a Christian now, and he didn't like that at all. And uh, his very first question when she told him was, she was a Christian was this those people aren't going to take our money are they you know because that was the first thing that came into his mind uh when he was thinking about that and so he had to convince his wife that she was wrong and was believing myths and so as a journalist he told her what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through using all of my journalistic techniques and I'm going to prove to you that God does not exist if you saw the movie at all uh The picture here, he actually did big charts and a board where he had everything on there, proving to her that Jesus didn't exist. And when he finished his study, he bowed down and prayed and became a Christian. Uh, The exact opposite of where he thought he was going to be, the answer to what child is this, changed his entire life. And that brings us to the last thing that we see. So we've seen sometimes this child intervenes when we think we've got God figured out and we don't. Sometimes this child intervenes when we're on a search and we end up where we were supposed to be. But sometimes the child intervenes when we're not looking for God at all. Maybe you have no interest. You're not even looking for God and the child still intervenes. And that's what we see over in Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 12. Luke 2, verses 8 through 12. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified, and the angel said, Do not be afraid. Now, that's the other do not be afraid, because the angel showed up. I bring you good news of great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. For the shepherds, they were not looking for God at all. They weren't on a search, and they didn't think they had God figured out. They were just trying to keep the sheep in the middle of the night. Now, we're told they were out in the fields. Shepherds were in the fields somewhere between April and October. So to ruin another Christmas story for you, Jesus was not born on December 25th, okay? Shepherds aren't out in the field then for one reason. It's winter, and it's cold, and they're not out in the fields, okay? Uh, But whatever, so don't celebrate Christmas on December 25th, no. You can still celebrate Christmas on December 25th. Uh, But the shepherds aren't looking for God. The shepherds are just minding their own business when God intervenes in their life. And that's exactly what sometimes happens to us. We're not looking for God at all. But guess what? God's been looking for you. He's been looking for you because he loves you. For God so loved the world. And when you had no interest in him at all, And when you weren't even looking towards his direction, God was coming and looking for you. And for these shepherds, God intervenes in their life, and suddenly he's there. You know, the Magi were on a search, trying to find something. For most of us, though, life's a little bit different. For most of us, we're not on some big search for meaning. We're just trying to get through the day. And we try to not even think about the big questions of life because we don't want to have to deal with that questions about life and death and eternal meaning and God I mean it gets real esoteric and everything you know, let me just live my day let me just try to get through the day it's hard enough as it is I've got enough going on with everything else to try to wrap try to right my mind about all of this but we were made in a way that something has to fill that hole in our hearts you see we have a God sized hole there and if we're not filling it with him we try to fill it with something else and so what do we fill that hole with then? Well, we fill it with things that really have very limited meaning and very limited purpose. Some of those things, though, are good. We try to fill it. Well, I'm going to do something. I'm going to build my life around my family. And my whole life is going to be around me taking care of my kids and loving my kids and all of that. And, and then your, your kids grow up and, and they move to Los Angeles. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. That's a personal issue I have. Uh, We'll we'll, we'll deal with that one later. I'm sorry Sorry about that. Um, But, you know, your your kids grow up and they move away. Or maybe you try to fill that hole with a nice car or with a big house. Or you try to fill it with your ball team. You know, we have people that are, like, insane over their ball teams. Have you ever looked at somebody and go, why is that guy not wearing a shirt in five-degree weather in Green Bay, Wisconsin, out there right now with a big G on his chest? And then you look a little bit closer, and you go, that's Dave Pfeiffer. What is, what is he doing out there, you know, or something like that? And, uh, you know, so you try to fill it in ways like that. And we pray, play around with all these little things, and we never get around to the big questions. We just exist. We don't live. But God doesn't want that for you, and he keeps chasing you, and he keeps trying to catch you because the child does intervene. Everybody knows who C.S. Lewis is, probably. C.S. Lewis was an Oxford scholar. He was a, an atheist. An uh, interesting story about C.S. Lewis. He was hanging out. One of his best friends was Bertrand Russell, who was considered the king of, of atheists of that day and age. Very prominent uh, atheist writer that, from Oxford, very strong in his, his beliefs. And one day they were out in the backyard. They're just kind of sitting there, sipping their tea, looking up into the skies. And somebody says, oh, the stars are beautiful tonight. Another one says, yeah, can you believe some crazy people think there's a God up there? And Bertrand Russell said, yeah, I laugh at that too. But sometimes I look up into those stars and I wonder if I'm wrong. And C.S. Lewis said, if Bertrand Russell, the king of atheists, looks into the sky and wonders if he's wrong, maybe I'm wrong. And he said it began to bother him. And so you know what C.S. Lewis did? He tried to never think about it again. He didn't go on a search. He tried to say, okay, no. And so every time he would think about God, he would try to get it out of his mind. I don't want to think about God. I have no interest. I'm not searching for him at all. And yet over and over again, God, things just kept coming up in his life. He kept being pushed by people like another friend of his, J.R.R. Tolkien, who wrote uh, The Lord of the Rings, who was a strong Christian, and Tolkien kept pushing him towards God. And then finally, in his book, Surprise for Joy, C.S. Lewis wrote this, and it was really interesting, because it shows you a man not searching for God, but God finding anyway. You must picture me alone in that room at Magdalene. That's simply uh, one of the areas at Oxford. Night after night, feeling whenever my mind lifted, even for a second from my work, the steady, unrelenting approach of him who I so earnestly desired not to meet okay so anytime he thinks about God he starts doing something else to get his mind off of God that which I greatly feared at last came upon me in the Trinity term of 1929 I gave in I admitted God was God I knelt and I prayed perhaps that night the most dejected and reluctant convert in all of England there's somebody that had no interest in finding God but God found him anyway And that's the good news for you. You may be here today and you have no interest in finding God. You may be here because the kids sang and you had to come watch them or something like that. You may be here because your wife made you come. You may be here because you're with grandma and it's Christmas and you're trying to make grandma happy. You may be here because you took a wrong turn and you thought, I thought this was a comedy show. And, uh, you know, I've now found out it's something a little bit different. I don't know why you're here. But God knows why you're here. He's here because no matter what your intentions were, he wanted you to hear that he loves you and that his son was born for you and that his son offers you salvation if you'll accept it. And that makes all the difference in our lives if we'll only hear and answer that question, which child is this? Let's have a prayer. Father, thank you for your word. We just pray, Lord, that each of us would look at our lives and answer that question. Truly, what child is this for us? In Jesus' name we pray.
0: We hope you enjoyed today's lesson and that it spoke to you. If you have prayer needs or want more information about us, we invite you to stop by our website, mywrbc.org, and click on Contact. Please use the word podcast in the subject line. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, keyword mywrbc. At Westport Road Baptist Church, we love God and love people. Please join us for Sunday morning service at either 9.30 a.m. or 11 a.m. We also have Sunday school for all ages during both service times. Thanks again for listening, and join us next week for another message from God's Word.